Can the Maryland Terrapins get to nine wins after the loss to Illinois? You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for InsideMarylandSports.com and 247 Sports and host of Lockdown Terps, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit. The Maryland Terrapins can still get to nine wins despite the loss to Illinois. The whole point of this year, the whole goal of this year, to at least me and how I defined it success for the Maryland football program, which is an up-and-coming program, which is continuing to get better, which seems to be improving every year, which seems to be on an upper trajectory. And Mike Loxley seems to be doing good things with the Maryland Terps, even if we have a slip-up here or there to an Illinois team. But the whole goal to me was to be able to add another win on Coach Loxley's win total. If you don't know what I mean, every single year, Coach Loxley adds at least one win to last year's win total. Two years ago, he had seven wins. Last year, he got to eight wins. And this year, I want him to be able to get to nine wins. So I wanted to propose the question, can the Maryland Terps get themselves to a nine-win season? And I think they absolutely can. If you look at the upcoming schedule, it isn't the best. There are definitely some really good teams, two teams in particular, but you don't even have to beat those two teams to be able to get to nine wins. And I bet you guys know the two teams I'm talking about, Penn State and Michigan. But Maryland next week or in two weeks, you could say a week and a half, not this weekend, but the next weekend plays Northwestern, very winnable. Then they go to then they play Penn State at home. And then Nebraska. And then it's a Michigan team. That's a really good team. And then it's Rutgers. So I look at it at the end of the regular season. There's no question in my mind that we could be at eight wins and going into the a really solid bowl game at eight wins. Going into that bowl game at a chance to add another win onto Coach Loxley's win total and get him up to nine wins overall. And I'm looking at it, and I'm saying Northwestern, who we play next weekend, they're not good. They're 3-3. Three and three. And the craziest part about Northwestern, maybe the most one of the most disappointing things I've seen, is them only beating the Howard Bison by three points. Howard is not a good team. If Maryland played them, I would expect Maryland to win by 30, 40 points. I would expect us to Rush Howard. They just don't have the talent. They're just not that type of team. They're not a power five team. They're not good at all. And for a Northwestern to only beat a Howard team by three points, even if Northwestern played a horrible game, I would still expect them to win by 20 points, to be honest. For them to only beat them by three points, and that's not the only thing about it. Howard actually outgained Northwestern 
331 total yards to just Northwestern, 312 yards. It wasn't by a ton, but for Howard to outgain Northwestern, that's pretty concerning for Northwestern. Their record isn't really an indicator of how bad they are. They're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. So I expect us to get that win. That gets us to six wins. And then, and then we play Penn State the next week at home. Don't expect us to beat a Penn State or Michigan right now. I just, I'm here to be honest. I'm here to give my takes. I'm here to say what I actually believe in. And I just can't see us where the team is right now. I don't see us taking down a Penn State. I don't see us taking down a Michigan. I thought our best chance was against Ohio State. I thought Ohio State was a team we matched up best against. And that kind of proved to be true. We did a lot of really good things against Ohio State. We were, it was a tie game at half. We should have been up 17 3. We should have been up 17 to 7. Or you could say we should have been up 14 to 10. You could have said multiple things, but we should have been up at halftime. And we should have, the game should have been a closer than it ended up being overall. So I thought we matched the best against Ohio State. I don't love how we matched up against Michigan or against Penn State. And a lot of things went well and went the right way and went towards us against Ohio State. And we still weren't able to pull that off because of turnovers that we had, because of play calling and different issues like that. So overall, I can't sit here and tell you guys that I think it's realistic for us to beat a Penn State or Michigan. I'm not even sure right now. I think we could probably keep it close. They're at home, but I can't tell you right now really that we could beat them or even really come really close to beating them. Maybe we make it a game. We'll get into those games later on. But overall, I'm looking at those two as losses. But we still would have Nebraska on the schedule. And I've seen Nebraska play live a couple of times. And Coach Rule is a good coach. I expected him to come into college football and be a really solid overall coach. And I'm not saying he hasn't done that. He hasn't gotten the time to build up that Nebraska team. But I don't look at that Nebraska team as anything scary. I don't look at their quarterbacks as scary. I don't look at a lot of things that they have on offense as scary. And I think that we can beat the Nebraska team. I know they've done some really good things in recruiting, and they got a couple players in the transfer portal. But overall, that team is not a very good team, and I think Maryland will Maryland will be favored against Nebraska by at least, I would like to think, seven points, maybe even more. So overall, I think that we beat Nebraska, and that will bring us to seven wins overall. And then the last team on our schedule is Rutgers. Rutgers, they're better than they've been overall. It's not the same Rutgers team where we can just walk walk in there in the last week of the season beat them 31 to zero like I think we did last season it's not that type of Rutgers team this is a pretty good Rutgers team they beat Michigan State by three obviously we crushed Michigan State Michigan State we beat by a good amount but overall I think Rutgers is um, a really solid team this year I think they're a lot better than they've been in the past couple of years I think Rutgers is a pretty good team or if we're not careful i think we could drop that game to Rutgers. it's not an automatic win but i do expect us to win that game and then that leaves us at eight wins without beating a penn state or michigan if somehow some way it's my job to give you the possibility of us beating them if somehow some way we beat one of those teams i'm expecting us to get to 10 wins i don't think we can beat one of them but if somehow we upset one of them 
then it kind of allows us to drop another win. But I'd be pretty disappointed if we went in or if Michigan came to us and we beat them somehow or Penn State came to us and we beat them somehow and then we dropped one to Rutgers. I would be disappointed if that happened or we dropped one to Nebraska. So overall, I wouldn't expect us to beat those games, but I think we're absolutely in position to have eight wins in the regular season. And then you can't forget about the bowl game. If Maryland wins the next game against Northwestern, which we absolutely should, we're automatically bowl eligible and once we get to eight wins on the season which i think we should and if i had to make a prediction i would say that we get to the eight wins we can go into a bowl game and sometimes um college football fans can be like i don't love the bowl games it just seems kind of like whatever it's like a lot of players opt out a lot of nf People that are going to go to the NFL opt out. It doesn't seem like a huge deal. And I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of ways in which I agree with you on that. But for Maryland to have a chance to get to nine wins and fight for Coach Loxley to add another win onto his win total, which I think is like a really important stat. I've talked about that a lot. But I think that that could be a huge bull game for the Maryland Terrapins at a chance for them to add another win. And then... I'm also looking at the Terps as the Illinois loss that we just had. I'm looking at that for the Terps and saying, I think that helps us because I hated the loss. I made a segment on this a couple of, or this week, I think on Monday, I think it was on Monday's podcast, I made a segment on the Illinois loss actually helped the Terps. And I think it did help the Terps in terms of, It showed us that we can't just come out here and roll the ball out and say, we're more talented than you and we're going to be, we're not that type of team. We're not, we're no Alabama. We're no Georgia on a bad day against Illinois. We're not going to still beat them by 20 points. It's going to be a dog fight and we can lose to them by three. So overall, I think that helps us when we come to the Rutgers games, when we come to Nebraska, when we come to Northwestern, because we're not going to underestimate those teams. We're going to have a previous lesson of this year, a close lesson, a lesson that's close by that even though coach often talks about um, not underestimating teams and every team is really good and whatnot, you're going to have an evidence of that from the Illinois game and you're going to learn from that and say that can't happen again overall and I think they're going to learn from that and they're going to beat the teams they should beat and the teams they're favored to beat to allow us to get to eight wins in the regular season and a chance at nine wins going into the bowl game. I would have to see the bowl game matchup to say we definitely get nine wins, but I think nine wins is a pretty good mark and a pretty reasonable mark for the Maryland Terrapins. Let's talk about some basketball next. Basketball season is coming closer, and I want to talk about a Terp that I think is one of the most underrated players in the country and doesn't get quite the respect he deserves. We'll talk about that after this ad from Prize Picks. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and use locked on college for a first deposit. This Maryland player 
has been one of the most underrated players in the country. And again, I think is one of the most underrated players in the country going into this college basketball season. And that player is Dante Scott. Yes, Maryland basketball season is almost here. And Dante Scott is a huge part of that perp basketball team. I cannot talk about it enough, and I will get into that on this segment on Dante Scott being one of the most underrated players in college basketball. If you look at our three-headed monster this year, I look at of returning players. I look at Jameer Young, I look at Julian Reese, and I look at Dante Scott. Julian Reese and Jameer Young have gotten all type of rewards. Excuse me. They've gotten all type of rewards. They've gotten preseason all Big Ten honors. They've gotten ranked as the top 100 players by different analysts in college basketball. Jameer Young could be an All-American. Julian Reese can be an All-American. Those two guys could be first-team all Big Ten selections. Jameer Young is arguably, I would say, the best guard in college basketball. Julian Reese is one of the best college big men in all of college basketball, one of the best in the Big Ten, besides maybe that guy at Purdue, Edie, who's huge and seems like he's eight feet tall, seven, six, or whatever that guy is. Julian Reese is one of the best in the Big Ten besides that guy. And overall, we forget about Dante Scott because of all those, the recognition that Jameer Young gets and how talented he is and how good he's going to be. And Julian Reese as a junior has a chance to be maybe one of the best players in the Big Ten and be a first-team Big Ten selection, preseason Big Ten. All of that stuff overshadows maybe our most important player, I would say. I mean, I, I don't know if I would say he's our most important player, but one of the most impactful players and one of the most underrated players in the country. He's definitely one of our most important. I don't know if I would say he's the most important, but Dante Scott, let's talk about why he is so underrated in terms of the production he brings. When he said he was coming back for a fifth year after his senior season last year, I could not have been more happy because I know the production he brings in terms of scoring, in terms of rebound, in terms of everything, leadership, strength, toughness, all that stuff that you look at when you talk about basketball players overall. Dante Scott brings that kind of mojo and that personality to the Maryland Terrapins, and his production has been underrated. If you look at the past three years, every single year he averages above 11 points per game. Which, besides his freshman year, besides his freshman year, for the last three years, he's averaged above 11 points. So I'm looking at Dante Scott. 11 points is very solid in college basketball. And two years ago, not last year, but two years ago, he averaged 12 points. So I'm looking at his production as a scoring, which is the stat that most people like to look at, which is a stat. It is important. It's not everything, but it is an important stat to a player. You got to be able to score the ball. That's who makes money. But Overall, he averages like 11, 12 points every single um, year in terms of in college basketball for the Maryland Terrapins. And I see that as a, as a third option, 11, 12 points is very solid. And if he continues that production this year, and maybe he ups it to 13 to 14, 
Ah, 14 points will be a hard mark to hit for Dante Scott, but maybe 13 points or 12 points even, or just stays at 11 points, a very solid mark. And he doesn't get credit for that kind of scoring ability he brings, but he's also a really good rebounder overall. He averaged about six boards. He's a little bit undersized, but he averaged six boards per game. And it's that versatility that he brings that I think he makes him one of the most underrated players in the country. It's not just one thing that sticks out. You could say the scoring, you could say the rebounding, you could say the toughness, you could say all that those different things. But overall, it's not just one thing to me that makes Dante Scott underrated in terms of his production, in terms of his player and the allocates that he doesn't get all the time. He's tough. He can switch. He can play the three. He can play the four. He can guard anybody on the floor if you look at it. And whether he has to switch onto a point guard or switch onto the center and get a stop against one of those huge guys in the Big Ten, or if he has to guard a point guard for a little bit on a pick and roll, he can do so many different things. Or whether he's out toughing guys, there's so many different things that Dante Scott brings to this team that are extremely important. He came into um, College Park looking like a man. He had to lose some. Um, he had to lose a couple of pounds, but overall, he came into College Park with already grown man strength. I looked at that guy, and you already knew he was going to be a grown man and grown man strength and be that kind of Big Ten physical type of player that you need in college basketball. You knew Dante Scott was going to bring that and he did and he's brought that the last couple of years and that strength and that toughness that he brings in that hard nose and his hustle that Dante Scott has I think overall all those components together averaging 11 points averaging six rebounds bringing toughness makes him extremely underrated in a part of his game that doesn't get a lot of credit and I'm not going to say he's elite at it but his shooting ability this guy can stretch the floor for um for being at the power forward position at being the at the four. And he's improved at that. He didn't come into Maryland just shooting threes and being an elite shooter. Not at all. He wasn't a he wasn't a necessarily a really good shooter his freshman year, but he's definitely developed that. And I'm gonna look forward to that this year because I think that'll actually that will um absolutely help the Terps this year in terms of him spacing the floor, him allowing us to go four out a lot of the time and allowing Julian Reese to spot up or allowing Jameer Young to get to the basket or allowing um, Deshaun Harris-Smith to make a move and create a shot overall with the paint being open. And then maybe you can kick it out to Dante Scott. And then Jamie Kaiser's also out there spacing the floor. So Dante Scott allows you to do that type of thing where he allows you to space the floor and brings – a lot of that toughness, he brings a three-point shooting. There's so many different things, like you get what I'm saying, that he does that makes him absolutely underrated and one of the better, I think, players in the country, one of the better third options in the country. I'm not going to say he's going to do it in a sexy way, in a flashy way. That's not really what he does, but in terms of hard nose, in terms of a little post move he'll give you in terms of a three-point shot in a game he'll give you in terms of getting a defensive stop in a game in terms of all those different things you look at him as our third option where I kind of think that we go as far as Dante Scott in terms of if Dante Scott's playing well 
we win games. If you look at the Big Ten quarterfinal where he had 20 points against Minnesota, we win the game. When he has above 12 points, we almost win every single time. And that's kind of what Dante Scott does. When he plays well, we win. And I'm not going to go as far as say we go as far as Dante Scott, but he kind of can really decide how this season goes. I think we know kind of what we're going to get from Jameer Young in terms of he's going to be one of the best in the Big Ten. I think we know kind of what we're going to get from Julian Reese in terms of his production. Obviously, those guys can improve and surprise us and being even better than they've been, and maybe we don't know exactly what the freshmen are going to bring us, but Dante Scott has a chance to elevate this team into a new Rome, into a top 25 team because – I honestly think we're a preseason borderline top 25 team, and we'll talk about that another day if we should be in the top 25. We're hovering around 26, but we absolutely could enter the top 25 in the first week or so, just depending on how things fall out and on who and who loses games. But I don't, if he doesn't return for his fifth year, I don't think we're a borderline top 25 team. I don't know if we're one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Obviously, we still would have a lot of talent and a lot of the really good freshman class, but – and we still have Jameer Young, Julian Reese, but I can't say that we would be a top four team in the Big Ten and a borderline top 25 team in college basketball and a team that should make March Madness without the leadership, the toughness, the versatility that Dante Scott brings, and he's absolutely underrated. Now let's talk about how are some Terps in the NFL doing? Are they playing better than you would think? How is Deontay Banks faring? We'll talk about that after this ad from Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than 360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. Let's talk about some Terps in the NFL. Fell. All right. The Maryland Terrapins NFL players have been playing among some of the elite in the NFL. And you got to start that with Deontay Banks, who has absolutely been on the roll for the New York Giants. The Giants haven't been pretty, haven't been any good, but Deontay Banks is one of their few bright spots. The former Maryland Terrapin is doing what he did exactly what he did at Maryland. He is locking guys up, and ironically, he locked up fellow Maryland Terrapin Stephon Diggs, one of the best players in the world, one of the best receivers in the world, and one of the best receivers in the NFL. Stephon Diggs on three targets against Deontay Banks. Deontay Banks allowed zero receptions against Stephon Diggs. There's clips on Twitter if you want to go look at it, but Stephon Diggs had an amazing game. Had an amazing game. Or, excuse me, Deontay Banks had an amazing game against Stephon Diggs. And he's had really good games against other players as well. Versus Jalen Waddle. Deontay Banks only allowed one reception on three targets. Against Tyreek Hill, only allowed one reception for nine yards 
on one target. So teams aren't really throwing at him that much. And Deontay Banks is locking guys up and proving to be an elite player in on that side of the ball and absolutely can win the NFL defense rookie of the year. It's not going to be easy because there's a lot of good players at the defensive rookie of the year in in candidate for that and that could win that but don't be surprised if Deontay Banks enters that conversation for sure he's been playing like that and then DJ Moore we got to talk about his performance last night against on Thursday night the former Terps wide receiver absolutely has been proving to be one of the best in the NFL had a historic game against the commanders with eight receptions on Thursday night football for 230 yards and three touchdowns commander straight up couldn't guard DJ Moore Deep routes, short routes, medium routes. DJ Moore was getting open against um, the commander's secondary overall. Any, or if they would try and jump the ball, jump uh, jump his route and jump the ball and try and get an interception, they wouldn't be able to get there. And um, DJ Moore would turn that into like a 70-yard gain. But overall, DJ Moore played awesome and is proving to be amongst the NFL elite. And Stephon Diggs is doing his normal elite season with 49 receptions and 620 yards. So those are three players right there who are proving to be amongst the NFL elite for the Maryland Terps. And you got to give credit somewhere to Maryland for the cornerback in their wide receiver room. Ja'Cory Bennett is still playing a lot of minutes as well at the cornerback room so there's multiple players that are playing and those three are proving to be amongst the nfl elite and then you look at chad ryland went two for two last week against the patriots patriots are playing terrible they're not a good team right now but chad ryland did give them a two for two day chigo Quanco also had two receptions for 18 yards who i've talked about a little bit on how much he reminds me of Corey deitch's it's kind of crazy that they both went to Maryland or Corey Deitches is still at Maryland, but they're like the same player to me. Both speedsters, both a little bit undersized for the tight end position, but bring you versatility and bring you a different look that most of the time you just don't get from a tight end. And overall, they're really similar. Maybe not top blockers, but those guys, even if Chico Quanco didn't go to Maryland, I would relate Corey Deitches to Chico Quanco. It's an easy um, comparison to make because he went to Maryland, and it might seem like a lazy one, but they're actually really similar. But Chico Quanco can continue to play really, really well and continue to make an impact for the Titans. And Raheem Jarrett is finding his way on the field, but no catches yet. But look for him to get involved eventually. Wouldn't be surprised to see a catch here soon for Raheem Jarrett, but he has played a couple of snaps for the Bucks As long as he's on the roster on the team, Sometimes that's all you can ask for. But overall, he's definitely on the, um, making the 53, and he's active, it seems like, every single week, which is a good place to be overall. So don't be surprised if eventually he catches a screen or they get involved in a quick pass or something like that. And I hope they do get the ball in his hands at least a couple of times before the season is over. But that's all we have for today. Please like and subscribe. Tomorrow we'll be back. We'll continue to talk about basketball, but obviously it's a bye week. So let me know in the comments if there's anything you want me to touch on going into the bye week for the Maryland Terrapins. It kind of sucks we don't have Maryland football to look forward to this weekend. But after this weekend, we'll have Maryland football every single week. And then basketball will be starting up soon. So it'll be a busy time when basketball and football season come together. But I can't wait so make sure you like and subscribe if you're excited for that but thank you for listening to locked on terps